Hello and welcome to You Me and the Economy. Money parked by Indians in Swiss bank accounts has grown by 50% to over 30,000 crores. While 8,000 millionaires are set to leave the country if migration trends are to be believed. At the same time, LIC is all set to become the worst wealth destroyer in the Indian share market. Here is your weekly roundup of economy and finance. If you are still waiting for Modi ji to bring back black money and give everybody 15 lakhs, this is a disappointing week. Deposits of Indian citizens and firms in Swiss banks have reached 30,500 crore rupees in the last year. It is a 14-year high. The deposits have been rising since the pandemic. Whether it's unaccounted money or not is not really known. How big is this amount? Well, it is more than double the expenditure on social welfare and nutrition in the state of Uttar Pradesh. And who are these account holders? It's a secret. Our government knows, but it won't tell. From 2018 onwards, Switzerland has been sharing all such details with respective countries. But the Indian government would like to keep it a secret. So while they try to lure the youth with ill-conceived schemes like Agnipath, the rich have plenty of time to stash away their booty not only are the rich keeping their money stashed away in swiss vaults or panama they are also themselves moving offshore in greater numbers looking for greener pastures about 8000 millionaires are likely to move out of india this year this makes us one of the top 3 countries facing the exodus of the rich Henry Global Citizens report cites better living facilities and high tax rate as the reason for the exit. We are witnessing this at a time when the gap between the rich and the poor has widened alarmingly. While 23 crore Indians slipped into poverty, the combined wealth of Indian billionaires more than doubled during the pandemic. And their numbers leapt up from 39 to 142. While a section of social activists and policymakers are mooting the idea of a wealth tax on the richest, the top 1%, we are seeing a record number of Indians exiting the country citing stringent tax rules. This has been a topic of discussion worldwide too. Elizabeth Warren, a US Democrat leader, suggested a 40% exit tax on the net worth above 50 million dollars for any US citizen who renounces their citizenship. Shouldn't India think of it as well? With all the rhetoric of hyperpatriotism, why not tax those who made their fortunes here and are now simply leaving in herds? In other news, just after listing on the stock market, LIC shareholders have lost 1.3 lakh crore rupees. Life Insurance Corporation of India is now one of the biggest wealth destroyers among India's initial public offerings this year. Shares started crashing from day 1 and the fall continues. But the worst is yet to come. Will the huge capital investments of LIC in the public sector stop? Will it prioritize profit over customers? Humiliation in the share market directly hits the company's value, goodwill and future business prospects. Maximizing profit with the hope that it will reflect in the share market is becoming the only option. The move to sell and list shares was strongly criticized by employees unions and a section of civil society and economists. While the union government which got away with around 20000 crores after selling the shares is silent. Another public sector giant now reduced to a skeleton, BSNL is still waiting for 4G internet. Now with the 5G spectrum bids coming up, 
Will BSNL be allowed to bid for 5G? It may be good to recall how BSNL was not allowed to participate in the 4G tender, saying that it would spoil the level playing field for others. Later again, it was denied the allotment by citing that it did not participate in the tender process. The private sector with 90% market share was allowed to run using Western and Chinese technology. But the same was denied to BSNL, citing security reasons and also in the name of Make in India. BSNL stands out as one of the examples of how a public sector company is brought down only to allow its huge infrastructure of towers, optical fibers and real estate to be handed over to the private players. Will the same be repeated with the 5G spectrum? And if so, will we once again sit back and see this travesty? There might be a lot of investment coming to the infrastructure sector. Yet, as many as 428 infrastructure projects, each with an investment of over 150 crore, have been hit by cost overruns of more than 4.98 lakh crore as per a report. According to the Ministry of Statistics and Programme Implementation, which monitors infrastructure projects of Rs 150 crore and above, out of over 1,500 projects, 428 projects reported cost overruns and as many as 647 projects were delayed. According to the report, the expenditure incurred on these projects till April 2022 was over Rs 13 lakh crore. This was almost 50% of their anticipated cost. The 14th BRICS summit has begun today virtually. This year, the presidency stays with China. There are a lot of interesting developments taking place within and around the BRICS nations. Discussions are expected on problems such as multilateral system reform, combating the COVID-19 pandemic, and global economic recovery. Once expected to be an alternative to Western world order, the Association of Russia, China, India, Brazil, and South Africa lost its sheen somewhere in the path. But every year, a number of civil society organizations and trade unions from across the BRICS block come together to organize People's BRICS. They deliberate on several aspects of the block, the developments over the past year, and present a people's alternative for what is, at best, a loose high-level deliberation. This year as well, People's BRICS is organizing a roundtable where a number of scholars and activists would convene to review the developments in the past year and their implications for BRICS. Some talking points at the roundtable will involve throwing light on the official BRICS agenda and dissecting its implication for the people in the five countries. Coal shortage is staring us in the face. The question is, can Indian power sector afford coal imports to meet the spike in demand? After Russian invasion of Ukraine, energy prices have shot up, making coal expensive. Several power plants working on imported coal refused to operate the power plant and thus cut power supply to the states they had purchased agreements with, unless the states agreed to pay higher tariffs. The government is subsidizing coal imports, however, the end user still has to pay for expensive power. And the government subsidies are also again taxpayers' money. One also cannot ignore the curious coincidence that a majority of tenders for imported coal are going in favor of one company, Adani. Curiously, Adani also runs power-generating plants running with imported coal. 
Adani sells to Adani and people pay for it. Of course, there are other power generating companies too. While there are a number of issues leading up to this coal crisis, including bad planning and mismanagement apart from policy paralysis, the larger issue remains how long can we be over-dependent on coal, since it is a finite source of energy. Should we take this as an opportunity to think beyond coal and seriously look into our renewable energy commitments? Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more news and analysis, head to our website www.senfa.org and keep listening to You, Me and the Economy.